and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point, with still Wombat having some lower quality sound, but not as bad as it was last week. I mean, it might be exactly as bad as last week, because I'm still in an empty room, but... Okay, well, it, it, it doesn't sound as bad to me. I've got a blanket over me again, so... Okay. I'm John, uh, with me as always, my co-host, Wombat. Hey, Wombat, how you doing? What's your glowing weak point? Uh, my glowing weak point is that my walls in my bedroom are purple now. Ooh. Yeah, well, That's most nice. of the walls. The other, uh, ah. the wall with the window was supposed to be pink. Um, <laughs> it came out more of like a fuchsia or a magenta. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I still like it. Well, that's good. Yeah, my room. My room is almost done. We. Ju- I just need to paint the inside of the window box because I'm gonna paint that like a gold color, and then I need to see the trim and how much paint got on the trim, and then paint that white again. <laughs> okay. And then I can just start putting furniture together because I'm ready to have a bedroom. I don't know why, but my audio signature is like it's really capturing a lot that it normally doesn't. But oh well. Um, we'll figure that out in post. <laughs> uh, I had a, a pretty good week until I got the runs, and that was not yesterday. Very nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've, I've enjoyed doing some uh, artistic things. Did some painting. I hung a lot of paintings that I hadn't yet. Um. And uh, I watched a crap load of anime. Oh, good job. Uh, I, I was yeah. not able to watch much because I've been busy. Yeah. Well, um, tell me about number 25. Oh, number. Oh, that's right. See, I'm so off it today that I didn't even have this pulled up. Number 25. Ooh. Um, that's an unearthly that's child again. We've already done that. Oh, okay. Well, whoops. Uh, 30? It's 1 to 26. 1 to 20. Okay, well then let's go with 26. Okay. <laughs> um, the Ark. Mm. Okay, this is... I might actually just read off what I wrote down for this because I wrote this pretty well, it looks like. Okay. It's been quite a while since I've seen a story as bad as this one. It actually starts out with a pretty promising first two episodes. The Doctor, Steven Taylor, and Dodo materialize on a spaceship fleeing Earth, and Dodo infects the population with a cold, which hasn't existed in so long no humans have a resistance to it. So, like, like the people are just fucking dying from the common cold. It's incredible. Okay. Um, I didn't mention it in this part, but they they also have a slave race called the Monoids, um, which is gross. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The doctor has to find a cure to the virus before being expelled into space, and when they leave, they materialize back on the same spaceship 700 years in the future. At this point, everything falls apart. For one, the second pair of episodes are just disastrously boring. 
just like 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 interminably none of the characters are interesting uh it's it's really slow and boring and i hate it okay uh, second this half of the story is incredibly ill thought the monoids the slave race that humans treat as second class citizens think like the ood from new who yeah have rebelled and now oppress their former oppressors it's a it's it's exactly what white supremacists think will happen if they give black people rights yeah uh this means they are treated as the ultimate villains of this story despite their horrible treatment by humans for untold lengths of time prior yeah it has lots of shades of modern day conspiracy theory which often fears that oh i wrote it down often fears that by granting rights to minorities white people will then be oppressed as they have done for so long yeah it's a horribly racist philosophy and has no business making its way into doctor who even less so than the first doctor's attitudes towards physical punishment for children hmm Rather infamously, he he once threatened to spank Susan. Yeah. 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 Uh, Also, the monoid costumes look like shit. The landing sequences on Refusius look like a child playing with toys, and the Refusians being completely invisible feels like the costuming department ran out of budget. Uh, Refusius is the planet that the ship eventually lands on, uh, uh, le- mm-hmm. like the the planet they decided to flee to when they left earth uh, yeah it didn't look like it had any uh sentient life on it but it's just because the refusians are completely invisible mm-hmm. yeah and, and the second half of the story is about like like landing on it and the monoids trying to assert themselves on the on the planet as the dominant population so that the human, like future humans, will never even remember that they used to be in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a just an absolute waste of a story that could have been so interesting, but resulted in laziness and bigotry. To, yeah. to think this is one of only three complete surviving stories from season three. Yeah, uh, Dodo yeah. did look what? really cool in Ian's Crusader Tabard, though. She she spent okay. the entire uh, story wearing his Crusader tabard. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was cool. So uh, this week I'm talking about Battle Tanks Global Assault. Um, it's the sequel to Battle Tanks, and it is a really freaking good game. Yeah, this is the yeah. one. This is the actual sequel, the N64 one, right? Yes. Okay. Um, it, basically, they took everything from Battle Tanks and then they multiplied it by like four. Okay, uh, so, that's a lot. Like in in Battle Tanks, you can only play as three, arguably two, because I never figured out how to play the third one, and I played the whole game. Oh, that's um, right. We did. We did learn that if you. Uh, oh no, no, that was just different ways to control the tank that were better. Yeah. It. There's some place where it says you can do it, but I, again, I played the whole game, and I pressed all the buttons, and Never found out found you can just murder yourself, but <laughs> there's no way to do it. Um, so yeah, there's three tanks in the this one, there's actually 12. Wow. Uh, and they're, like, 
drastically different. Like there's there's one that's there's there's a couple of them that are tanks where they took previous power ups uh, from the last game and just made them the main weapon. So like in the last one, there were cluster rockets. In this one, there you can still get cluster rockets, but there's also the Hornet tank where its main cannon shoots cluster rockets. Um, That's cool. There's the marksman where the last time there was a laser you could shoot. This time you just shoot the laser. Like that's just your weapon. Um, uh, This one adds a new uh, power up type weapon, the flamethrower. And also a new tank, the Inferno, which has the flamethrower by default. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a really cool tank it's not the best tank but it's it's really useful for taking out like moto tanks and stuff speaking of you can actually play that in this one um and there's also like some things where they just did the standard design thing and go with like all right here's a rhino uh it's slow uh and it has a ton of armor on the front um so it's a powerful tank and it's hard to kill Unless you get around it, in which case you can blow it up pretty easily. Um, there's the hover tank, which is incredibly fast, but pretty easy to kill. But, like, it's just really fast. And it can go over mines. Oh! Um, yeah! Uh, the Rattler, which is kind of like Moto Tank, but better. Um, it's, uh, it's less maneuverable, but it's basically as fast, and it also has a giant gatling gun on the front uh which are its wheels rats <laughs> no no it's <laughs> damn yeah uh, see that would have been clever tank i've talked about before where you can like flip it back and forth yeah like it it, it rotates and that's it's my favorite one um uh, and of course, there's the same ones as previously: the M1A1 Abrams, the Goliath, and the Moto Tank, supposedly. Um, so yeah, like it's it's supposedly. much more options. Yeah, <laughs> much more options. Uh, they actually added some interesting stuff in there, so that's cool. And a whole bunch new power-ups. Um, unfortunately, radar is still a power-up, but um, the difference is. Uh, a lot of the power-ups come back. Like, you pick them up, and then after a, an amount of time, they regenerate. Oh, um, okay. There's there's still swarmers, grenades, guided missiles, and mines, and lasers, and shields, and stuff. Uh, there's cloaking. There's nukes. Um, there's uh, plasma bolts, which uh, bounce off buildings and walls, and they just keep going until they hit something. Nice. Uh, there's a teleporter, which uh, is the only way to survive a nuke, depending on, like, if if you're a Goliath, you'll just survive. You'll just be really hurt. Um, if you are actively teleporting while the nuke is going off, um, you are phased out of existence and thus don't get hurt by the nuke blast. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. It doesn't make uh, sense that you wouldn't instantly die once you phased back into existence. Because yeah, of all well, the radiation. I mean, nah, there's no radiation. Forget that. <laughs> uh, there's bou- bouncing Bettys, uh, which are like mines, uh, but instead of running over them, you get hit. They shoot themselves 
into the air and shoot lasers in a proximity. Um, and those are fun and evil. Uh, there's turbo, which allows you to like go really fast uh, for a short amount of time. Uh, you have to use turbo to get into certain areas of the campaign that are like walled off on stuff, but you can use turbo to ramp off of a bump and get into it. And then there's usually some really nice stuff hidden in there. And then during the campaign, which is significantly better than the last one, uh, both in terms of just enjoyability as well as um, the actual storyline, Instead of this one where you're just a dude trying to find your woman uh, who can't do anything because she needs her man. Uh-huh. Um, this this takes place in the future. You've been married. You've had kid, uh, a child. And turns out that the child has uh, magic powers, basically. They have the edge. And the they edge. get kidnapped they get kidnapped because there's this other girl who has the edge and she wants to control all of uh, I am the edge and the way the edge works is uh, it can mind control a tank I thought it just made you goth (laughs) I mean the game is a little goth (laughs) Uh, but like you you can use it on enemy tanks and then you control them I mean, like, you don't control them, but they, they become your allies, and uh, that's hella nice. Um, but, like, just every everything about the game is better. There's more, more interesting power-ups. There's more, more interesting tanks. Uh, there's a way better map design in general. Um, they don't throw gun buddies everywhere and then also make the gun buddies take like six hits with a Goliath to kill. Um, <laughs> I mean, see, the they, sequels are usually just better than the original game. Uh, oftentimes with games, yes. Um, and in this one in particular, it feels like this might have been the game they wanted to make. But they had to prove that, like, oh, we can, we it, this game will be good. We can sell it, and, and so they had to make like a beta version and sell it to people. Yeah, it's it's just so much better, and like this is a game that's still fun to play today. Uh, and it's it's an N sixty four game. Like that can't be said about a lot of N sixty four games. No, they're classics. Like like Ocarina of Time will forever be a classic. But then go back and start playing it, and it's... I mean, that one actually holds up all right, but most of those games, mm-mm. No, the, the N64 is, like, one of the worst-feeling classic consoles. Nowadays, yeah. But like, um, it, it's much easier to go back to, like, the SNES than the N64. Yeah. yeah. Or even the I PS1. probably... Th- I guess it's probably the same as like. Well, I don't know about the PS One. PS One, I feel, is in the same boat. Um, I it's, don't. It's similar to like the all of the SNES games are still good to go back to. Yes. The NES is kind of like the the burgeoning into the two D game uh, market. See, the thing is, I don't think the NES all- games were good at the time they were put out. It's just that that's all there was. Uh, I mean, they were they were they were good. <laughs> I mean, I I I played in the NES 
before the SNES came out, basically. Like, before it was the way it is. Um, and the NES games were good. Um, but it's it's hard to enjoy them nowadays when you see what good game design is. Um, and I think the N64 is probably in the same way of, like, the NES came out, they made a bunch of games for it, and then the SNES came out, and they made the games good. Uh, the N64 came out with 3D. Like, argue about Star Fox what you will. N64 is where 3D started. And then the GameCube came out, and people love all the games on the GameCube. Like, they, they still love all the games on the GameCube. And I think it's it's that way of, like, the, the GameCube perfected what the N64 started, despite the fact that I hate the GameCube and every game on it. Um... <laughs> But I can. But I the can Wind understand. Waker is the best Zelda game. It's absolutely not. It like, is. Oh my gosh! No, you can't beat the game unless you go through and get every fucking treasure map that are just randomly strewn throughout the ocean. It is not a good game. It's such a good game. I love Wind Waker. It is. It, it is definitively not a good game. But that's you know whatever. We've done our, our intro bullshit. We can get on to the actual meat of the episode. Also, Tales of Symphonia was on GameCube. I don't give a shit about it, Tales. Okay. Well, you've watched more anime than I have, so you go. Okay. Uh, so let me get the ones that are just sequels out of the way. Like uh, Classroom of the Elite uh, Season 2. Uh, Classroom of the Elite Season 1 came out a long time ago, and I barely remembered anything about it. Um, and then after having watched three episodes of it, I still don't remember a whole lot of what's happened. Interesting, because there's another anime that I, I haven't gotten around to yet, but I will, that's from like a sequel to a show that aired a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, the, the Devil is a Part-Timer, so that's two shows that like probably shouldn't have gotten a sequel and now here they are yeah i mean like i i don't know if it's like they finally got the funding for it or whether it's still been pushed the whole time and they they are just finally now getting to it because like season one was begging for a season two i remember that i remember going man i want more of this but that was like five or six years ago, and I don't right. remember I anything about the characters. You gave up. Like, they, they, yeah, and they, they should have had an episode of like, last time on Classroom of the Elite, and then given me some background, because like, they're introducing characters, and I'm like, yeah, I should probably know who this is, but I'll be honest, no idea. Not one iota of an idea right. of who this character is. And they're it's just expecting you to know um and see but, I'm also but see i would even argue that's a failure of the show itself because if you watch something like one piece one piece goes on for forever and it has dozens and dozens and dozens of characters but when one shows up after like 300 chapters of being off screen i'm like oh it's that dude <laughs> yeah yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying that this is a good anime. <laughs> just, I, I'm, I'm really only watching it because I watched the first season. And right. apparently I, I 
I said I would watch the rest of it then. And um, here you are now. Here I am now. Um, I'm watching the next season of Don Machi. Uh, How's that going? That's on my list. Uh, I mean, it's it's not very far into it, so we. There's, it's Don Machi. Because uh, <laughs> so so here's what I'm I'm interested in. The, the season three was basically one long extended arc, like a yes. singular arc. Yes. Does this follow up on it in any way, or is it just like, and now we're doing this? One episode has come out, and uh, it really doesn't seem like it ties in too much with the last one. Uh, they mentioned the Minotaur, and and he's leveled up, and uh, you know they're these they're going into the dungeon to get stronger. Okay, and that's all we know about it at this point. That's all that's happening. Episode has come out. All right, yeah. That so so we ended with them walking towards the dungeon. Their party all geared up. Cool. Yep. Uh, I'm also watching the next season of Overlord which uh seems like every other season of overlord i don't know anything about overlord yeah uh if you had to sell me on overlord what would you say uh don't bother (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) i i mean i i I wouldn't sell anyone on Overlord. Oh. Um, <laughs> if I don't watch it, Overlord, you're just like, yeah, just don't. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some actually spectacular uh, opening music, opening and closing music throughout the series. Okay. Um, like, they've, they've got some, some bangers in there. Um, first season's kind of hard to watch. Uh, the second season was pretty good. Third season came... Third season suffered from Classroom of the Elite Season 2 issues of, like, it came a couple years later and was like, here you go! And went, I don't remember these characters or most of the story, but I'm watching it. And they it also focused on characters that hadn't existed previously. It was like, all right, cool. We're going to introduce a new area, and you need to care about them because that's the entirety of this uh, season. Ugh. Um, yeah, and then... I, I, it's it's some trash isekai. It's it's better than most trash isekai, but... It's I'd, still I'd put it trash in the, isekai. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like... I, it's in the same boat as Sword Art Online. Whereas, like, it's like some early isekai that just keeps on going and it's better than the season to season filth we get which we'll get talked about later um but it's it's not worth a whole lot it's not like oh wow overlord's back it's like hey overlord's back i guess that's better than uh the strongest sage with the weakest crest i guess (laughs) Well, everything was better than that. <laughs> um, ugh, ugh. Um, so glad I stopped watching that. Right. Some uh, anime are meant to be given up on. Honestly, it's not too far different in quality from uh, Rising of the Shield Hero. Okay. Um, 
Less slavery? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any slavery in it so far. Good. Oh, yeah. which actually, I don't have something on here that I did Why watch. Don't you go ahead and talk about it. I did watch a single episode of. It's a <laughs> harem in the labyrinth of another world. Oh, yeah. No, I knew that was going to be trash. So tell me about one episode of harem of in a labyrinth of another world. Um, so this guy, he's like, he downloads a new VR game and he wakes up and he's like, oh, wow, this is so realistic. Um, and then bandits attack the village and, uh, he still thinks it's a game. So he pretty casually just like murders a bunch of bandits in gruesome fashion, just blood everywhere. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like kind of interesting and cool. Um, and then he get, he starts he he's like like lays down to rest, and then he realizes that uh, he can't pull up a menu or anything or log out of the game, and oh shit, the game is real, and oh shit, I just murdered a bunch of dudes. Yep. Um, but he gets over that pretty quickly, and then <laughs> probably yeah. And then they're going they through. They usually do. <laughs> yeah, and then they're going through all of the shit that the they that the bandits dropped. And he's like, huh, this isn't the bandana that the leader had. This is just a normal bandana, and the guy had a thief bandana. Mm. Um, And then it turns out one of the villagers stole the bandana, and the mayor's like, what do you want us to do with him? And he's looking all, like, 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 sad and shit. And he's just like, oh, just do what you normally do. And then the mayor looks even sadder, and then they sell the man into slavery. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yep. And and the main character does not voice any objections at all. And, in fact, travels with them into the town to sell the man so that he can get his cut. All right. So I, I knew it was going to be bad and I'm glad that I just followed my gut on this one because that's horrible. Hold on. It gets worse. And then while he's, while he's talking to the slave trader, the slave trader's like, Hey, do you want to buy one of my girls? They'll suck your dick pretty well. And, uh, there, a girl comes in and she's got like beast ears or whatever, you know, the bullshit and enormous breasts and yeah and he just is horny as fuck and he the end of the episode is him going off to make money in order to purchase this girl and i said i'm not going to watch anymore no uh the uh, the working title for this one was actually slave harem in an <laughs> in another world oh boy <laughs> so uh yeah, I think uh, I'm good. I think I'm all right on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, John. All right. Let's let's get a let's let's get one of the ones that we've done together. Uh, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. I caught what, up what to this today. Uh, okay. okay. Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer reminds me of something like. It's. It feels like it should be a death game anime, but it's not a death game anime. 
Um, no. And it also feels like it should be like a Katakyo Hitman Reborn kind of thing. But it's not really like that either. It's it's somewhere in the middle and doesn't have an identity of its own. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so you're caught up on it? Yeah. Uh, I like it. Like, I think it's 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 a good anime. I'm going to keep watching it. So, okay, the premise of this is that there's a giant hammer hovering over the world. And there's these golems that want to make the hammer slam into the world and destroy everybody on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ma- a mage that wants to? Right, but we haven't seen the mage. Yeah. Um, which is honestly one of the problems. Like, I feel like this really needs a strong villain. And it hasn't. It doesn't have that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main character is uh, possessed, I would say, by a lizard knight <laughs> from another dimension, who gives yeah. him the power of. Would you say telekinesis? Is that essentially what it is? It's yeah. It's essentially telekinesis. Yeah, that he can use on himself as well. Yeah, and then the other two characters. Uh, are a princess uh, who she's the one who can stop the biscuit hammer and she's also incredibly powerful like that's her her thing is that she she's one punch man and also my also her goal is to stop the hammer so that she can destroy the world herself yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and then the other character is also possessed. Um, he's possessed by a dog knight, and his power is um, martial arts. Right, we didn't actually like, see his the special power he got from the dog. Like, I think he was already an exceptional martial artist. I don't think so. You don't think so? I, I, no, I think that's something he got from the dog. Huh. Um, okay. Yeah. I think each of them's skill is going to be different. Oh, yeah, the... the I'd, I said that the main character was possessed by a lizard. I remember now. Yeah. But the princess yeah. is supposedly possessed by something as well, but it's, like, dormant. Yeah. And also, uh, she's just a oh. Japanese high schooler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like the uh, the character design of of each of the characters and and the development so far. Yeah, I mean I like it. It just feels like it feels like it's a very grand story, but nothing is happening in it, and so it doesn't mm. feel as grand as it should be. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I got from it. Like I'll keep watching okay. to see if anything happens, but it feels like nothing is happening. Okay, uh, so I'll, I'll talk about one, another one of mine, uh, Uncle from Another World. Uh, it this is an anime where uh, Uncle got hit by Truck Coon, okay, and went to another world. All right, and got Isekai'd. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, he's in a coma over here, and oh. one day he wakes up from the coma. Oh, and he's back in our world. But he still has all of this, 
stuff and memories from the other world, including his knowledge of magic. Uh, so he can, he can do still, magic? He can do magic. In um, our world. In our world. Uh, he's also got, like, he's got the protagonist powers, which means, like, he can reach into uh, his bag. Uh, oh, he has a bag of holding? But, like, a portal of holding? Like, he just reaches, and then he can pull out all of his his inventory. Like, oh. He's got an inventory portal that I appears when he wants it. Um, yeah, and, and then he's got all of the things that he had in his inventory in there. So he's got, like fancy magical rings and and swords and uh, <laughs> all those things but like there's there's no giant monster to defeat or anything like that um so he currently just lives with his nephew um and uh Chills. they yeah well, and and they're making money together because he can do magic. So they're they like episode one happens and he proves that he can do magic and stuff. So they start a YouTube channel, and <laughs> so they do videos of him like creating a lightsaber with you know a, a magic lightsaber. I mean and, that makes sense. That is what you yeah. would do. <laughs> Abs- oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, like the second episode, he. Um, uh, he orders something online uh, because he wants the thing online, and it turns out that uh, it's going to be two hundred dollars worth of um, shipping. Uh huh. So he just uh, he, teleportation doesn't exist, as far as I'm aware. Uh, but he can just fly really fast. He's so Superman. He just, yeah, so he just flies over to wherever the. the the places that he bought it and then he gets it from there so that he doesn't have to pay shipping um, i would also exactly <laughs> um, so, and then they they do a whole bunch of that of like here w- what about this could you buy this or what about would you be able to bring me this what oh, uh, here grab this couch oh no that that couch would be too heavy it would hurt my back it's like i'll give you a back rub later deal uh, <laughs> and then this all of these modern day uses of magic uh, abuses of magic rather are interspersed with uh uncle sharing stories of his time in the other world um and he got hit before like he got hit during the sega era um and he comes back and one of his first questions is like you know how's sega doing like what are the game design companies in here oh uh, no at the time right now and they're like oh i'm so sorry All they do, and, all they make now is Sonic and Yakuza. I'm sorry. And 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 that honestly like depresses him to the point where he almost kills himself. Like, oh wow! He, he he uses a spell of forgetfulness on him, so he doesn't remember that. Um, because what a is, Sega kid. Yeah, no, like he is a Sega kid, and he is stuck in the past, and. Uh, because of that, he, like, they didn't come up with certain terms back then, um, and, uh, so, they, they share stories of what his life was like in the other world, and, um, uh, he's apparently not good looking, 
I mean, he doesn't look that bad to me, but apparently he, he like, looked... They, they frequently refer to him as being as ugly as an orc. Wow. Um, but there's this girl that always follows him around, and, and she hates on him and shits on him and stuff, but is always there for him. And he's like, man, I hated her. She was, like, always so mean to me and stuff. And She was secretly this, in love with you. Oh, yeah! Like, like... <laughs> One of the quotes is, uh, he got hit before tsundere was a word. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's immediately called out in the show. Because, uh, and, and the way he can project his memories of the world as, like, a TV screen sort of thing. And, and they can, like, swipe to zoom in or, like, swipe to, like, see other areas. He's OP. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and like several times they, they like zoom out and see her and she's like, ah, oh, good. I'm glad he escaped from this. Um, and the uncle just takes it the wrong w- way. And the nephew's like, you dipshit. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure later in the season, uh, some of the, the characters from the other world are going to join us in our world um especially that girl i mean that makes uh, sense so uh honestly this is potentially one of the best anime and it's weird because it's on netflix yeah i just saw that like that was why i hadn't heard about it was because i'm not paying for netflix right now yeah it's it's weird because it's it's really genuinely good and it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Weird. I mean, they did get JoJo's, though, so. Yeah. Let's talk about another both one. You pick. Uh, the Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. So. This one This one was weird, because, like, I don't. It, it follows a Yakuza family, specifically the first lieutenant who is a loose cannon and goes out and just fuck shit up listen he actually does a lot of like like on the ground work for being a first lieutenant yeah (laughs) um he he should be delegating his beating people up (laughs) Uh uh-huh well i mean a lot of these things seem like more important jobs like uh, the the grunts are there to go out and and fleece the populace and and get their money from them, uh, and he's out there to protect the name of the Yakuza, yeah, and and protect their turf. What it, it makes a little sense, to me, but he goes out there and he he fucks people up, and he and loves it. He yeah. And that's not great for the family. Like, he, he needs to be reeled in some. So he's put in charge of babysitting the boss's daughter. And uh, she's adorable. And uh, he is surprisingly good at dealing with her. Yeah. And that was the part was like, all right, so this is going to be sort of a comedy-like thing where how will the bumbling, you know, meathead deal with... No, he's like a brilliant father. No, he's like instantly good. (laughs) He is a fantastic dad while not being the dad. A Um, great uncle. Fantastic uncle. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it's it's confusing, but also just 
like a really heartwarming, good show. I, it, I, I like it. All the characters look really good. Um, I like the mm-hmm. dynamic between uh, what's his name, the main character, Yuto. Yuto is one of his names. I like the dynamic. First and second lieutenants. Yeah, I like the dynamic between Yuto and uh, Sugihara. Yeah, <laughs> because they're just, <laughs> Yuto's just beating the shit out of him all the time, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's comedy in there, but it's also <coughs> sorry about that. Um, it's also just really heartwarming, like, <laughs> and it, it seems to be building up like an actual story too. Like, there's a villainous maybe character who's le- like mm-hmm. lurking around in the background, but never interacts with anybody. Uh, yeah, in the last two episodes, it's it's built up a no name character. Uh huh. And, um, and it probably has something to do with the uh, the main girl's mom being in a coma too. Yeah, because like she's in a coma because of a car crash that isn't elaborated on much. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, I, it's 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 really good. Like it's like Daimon with a plot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go watch it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, all right. This is one that I watched. Uh, what's currently available, and I don't know if I'll continue. Uh, the maid I hired recently is mysterious. Where is this one? Uh, it's probably uh. Uh, high dive. Probably. Probably high dive. Okay. Um. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's probably high dive. Uh, no, no, it's on Crunchyroll. Oh, it the is. The maid I heard recently is mysterious. It just came out Saturday. Oh, I see it now. Okay. Yeah, there's only one episode of it available. Um. Basically, the parents die, and the son inherits their manor and decides to live there instead of going to be with the rest of his family. And because he doesn't have a job, he fires all of his staff, and he tries to take care of the place, but he's a failure at doing that because he's a rich kid, and also it's a manor house, so that's a lot of work to take care of it. And he has no skills to do it, because again, he's a rich kid, so he doesn't have to do any of the things himself. But they don't, like, lay it on as, like, oh, he's a shitty rich kid. It's just, like, he just, it's a simple fact. He doesn't have the skills to deal with this. And then the end of the first day of not having his staff and trying to take care of everything, uh, this really cute um, maid comes by, and she offers to be a live-in maid uh, for free and take care of all the things. And then I assume this becomes Black Butler. I don't know that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh, Black, um, Black Butler is a rich kid in Victorian era, has a, a demon butler. Oh, okay. No, she doesn't seem like a demon. She seems like... <laughs> she's she's just a, a girl who uh, cares about him for some reason. Like, they even show a flashback where she hears the news that his parents died and that day packs her stuff from where she was currently working, gets on a train and takes the train to get to him. 
so she knows about him already somehow so maybe she has like some connection to his parents yeah um there's there's a lot of of weird like he is attracted to her but he doesn't understand that he's attracted to her and so he says things about why he's attracted to her and he's confused. He just he's he's not certain whether she's like got him under a spell or she's uh, but she's just very suspicious to him. And then he'll say things like, ah, you must have put me under a spell or something, because, you know, when I see you, it makes my chest tighten and my heart beats really fast and i don't know why your prettiness really makes me feel this way because he's just a dipshit little like seven or eight year old like he's he's a young kid and she blushes and runs away because you know she's this uh, at least teenager but probably more um and she just had all these cute things said about her and doesn't know how to respond to that and so she runs away I don't... I'm very confused about this anime. I don't know where it's going to go. And I hope it doesn't go the romance route. Because, again... It'd be gross. She's like seven. And she's like 1920s. Gross. Yeah. So I'd, uh, I don't know if I'll continue. I might watch like one or two more episodes. And then we'll decide. Because... I don't know where it's going. Okay. All right, give me one of yours. Uh, Shine on Bakamatsu Bad Boys. I'm watching with Cadence. Uh, this okay. one is great. It gives me like a Samurai 7 feels, if you ever watched that. Uh, it, it was like a an adaptation of Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai but set in, like, a steampunk world. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is, um, the, like, Meiji-era Tokyo, but there's, like, magic swords. And... Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, the leaders of the Shinsengumi all get murdered. Uh, if you don't know who the Shinsengumi are, they were, like, the main police force during Meiji-era Japan. Um, okay. So all these like crazy badasses get murdered by a fucking demon samurai on a giant skeleton. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that very day, the sole survivor of the attack uh, saves a bunch of criminals from being beheaded and recruits them to be the new leaders of the Shinsengumi, like, to take on the identities of the ones who were murdered. Okay. So you have, like, a dude who only... The main character is a dude who wants to murder all samurai, pretty much, because his family was murdered by samurai. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a fucking weird-ass doctor who was obsessed with dissecting people. And (laughs) uh, there's... People whose crimes, I'm not sure what they could have been because only we only see the the one guy get get uh, arrested, the main guy. So there's like a, there's a cross-dressing woman who's arrested, and she's really badass with a sword. 
I don't know why she was arrested, but here she is. Uh, there's a, <laughs> there's the obligatory big guy who likes to eat, but he's also incredibly fucking strong. Um, mm-hmm. There's a guy who loves uh, blowing shit up and shooting things. He's uh, He looks like a crazy old man. Okay. Uh, there's... Uh, who, who we learn in a couple of episodes is a, a hired killer <laughs> who uh, has um, more than 800 deaths racked up under his belt. So I can assume why oh. he was arrested. Yeah. Um, he takes on the role of the uh, one of the more famous members of the Shinsengumi, Hijikata. Okay. He was like the uh, second in command. The main character takes over Kondo Isami's role. He was the, the actual leader. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there was another guy they had there, and he was like, I'm loyal to the Shogun, and I think that means, like, the former Shogun, and uh, he gets murdered instantly by that guy. The <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And, and the the show is just... Uh... Right now, it's like, take all of these people who don't get along and probably could never get along under normal circumstances and make mm-hmm. them make them be uh responsible leaders of a police force okay <laughs> yeah and also train them in in the art of like war and shit because none of them actually know it yeah all right uh let's see let's do another one of mine um Teppin, laugh until you cry, is uh, it's a variety show about variety shows. What? <laughs> it's it follows specifically, I believe it follows one of the teams, but there are six teams, seven teams, something like that, of comedians okay. who just beat. Uh, the Teppin, uh, preliminaries to get into this, um, competition. And so part of the way they have to get to the next stage is they all live together at this dormitory and every day, every week, they, one of the teams has to go out and... Uh, do a comedy routine in front of locals, and if they bomb, then they get kicked out. Um, and so this allows them to work on their material and uh, also display it versus the public, and also works as a way of uh, weeding out the chaff before the finals or the semifinals or whatever is next. Um, so it's it's like five different groups of uh, five different trios, comedy trios of and they're all girls. Um, and the each one of them has a uh, a thing about them. It's like one of them, they're like weird um, uh, alieny type people. Like they really care about outer space, and one of them is definitely an alien. <laughs> um, like like legitimately, one of them it has to be an alien. That feels like that um, should be the plot of the entire show. Yeah, but it's not. No, they are a side group. Uh, one of the side groups, their shtick is that they're all rich, except for one of them isn't, uh, but she pretends to be rich. And the other two know, but she doesn't know that the other two know. 
Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, then there's one group where their entire shtick is that they're from a particular place in uh, Japan. That's it. Like, like that's that's their thing. Is they're people from this one region. Is it the uh, Kansai region? Do they have the accent? No, no, no. They do have the accent, but they shit on Kansai people. What? So, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't like. I'm. Maybe they're yeah. like we're ten minutes outside of Kansai. Kansai sucks. Yeah, like, I don't remember what the actual location was? Ibaraki. Ibaraki. They're they're Ibaraki girls. Okay. <laughs> um, and they they're all everything they do is about Ibaraki and go off Ibaraki I, girls. I, yeah, I don't I don't know. They're, they 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 make it work. Whatever it is. Um, we have no context for that because we're not from Japan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like they, they make it work in the show. It's like, like it, it's like if Japanese people were watching an American show and there was a, a comedy duo whose entire shtick was about being from Des Moines. Yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm from Killeen. Like, what? <laughs> Where? <laughs> just, just say, just say Texas. No, no, because fuck Austin. We're from Colleen. <laughs> Colleen, the, that's not how that works in Colleen. Everyone in Colleen wishes they were in Austin. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Um, the the entire thing, it, it's not stand up funny. Because like their their routines are more based around the the stories that have happened to them throughout the day, but also you get to actually experience the stories that happen to them throughout the day. So it's it's a really good show. I really like it. I'd, I'd suggest it. It's a it's a good one. There's not a lot of seriousness happening on anything. It's just enjoyable. Oh my god, John! I need a, you brought to mind something I saw last night, and I need to tell you about it. So okay. what you're reminding me of is this Nathan for you episode I just saw where he wants to tell a story on Jimmy Kimmel. You know, like, like everybody goes on Jimmy Kimmel and they have a story about how they get pulled over and something funny and wacky happens. Right. And it's all usually yeah. fucking bullshit. But he's okay. so he comes up with a story to tell Jimmy Kimmel when he's on the show. But then he's like. But I don't want it to be a lie, so he sets up <laughs> elaborate events so that the story is technically true, where he gets pulled over going to a wedding with a, a bag of a, a, someone's ashes in a, a coat that got switched at the airport. <laughs> okay. That, that's what you just reminded me of. Like, you're seeing, you're seeing everything that's happening, and then you're hearing the story get told. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I I'd strongly suggest watching it. It's it's a really good show. All right, you pick another one. Uh, what do we got left? Um. Okay. Al Ashi. Al Ashi is still going. The. Yep. I'm kind of irritated. 
Okay. I, I really like this show. My irritation comes from the fact that they barely play games and it's mostly just the main character in practice. Um, yeah. Most... Well, I mean, that's... Haven't they played one game so far throughout the 13, 14 episodes that have aired? I think... I think a total of like three games against a different team have been played on screen. More okay. have been played, but they've largely taken place off screen. Okay. Um, he's kind of f- fully accepting that he should take on the defender role on the team, even though he'd really rather be a forward. Like he's really trying to learn, but he sucks at it still. And so he's been completely removed even from the bench at this point. Like, he's not even benched. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So I'm a little annoyed that we're still in practice shit with him. Like, I I really like when... uh, uh, It's not realistic. Like, this is more realistic than what I'm used to, but what I like is when they're learning shit in the middle of the game and changing shit up. That's what I really mm-hmm. like, and this this is like, but what if you were, like, in the real world and a soccer player? Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. uh, the last good one I have to talk about is uh, Parallel World Pharmacy. Oh, that's good? Um, yeah, it actually is kind of good. Um, it's another isekai where they died of overwork and then they got reborn mm. in another world. Um, mm. Well, <laughs> shut up. No, I just feel like Japan must be in a really bad spot if we've got another one of these. <laughs> They're really I feeling mean, the overwork. I mean, what's more realistic in Japan? Getting hit by a truck and dying or dying of overwork? I feel like probably dying of overwork because their roads are honestly pretty pedestrian safe. Yep. (laughs) So this is really accurate. Uh, Anyways, he was a pharmacist, famous pharmacist in our world. and How do you become uh, a famous pharmacist? uh within his circles okay i mean he he like the very first episode starts with him getting like a another pharmaceutical company coming to him for um you know a consultation on something and you see over his shoulder his google calendar uh which is just entirely colored (laughs) okay like like entirely colored uh there, there aren't there are no spaces and times for sleep it's oh no (laughs) yeah and there are colors on top of the colors oh no like like he's got events on events on events um uh so yeah he the the end of the our universe section is him doing a like 47 minute timer for him to take a nap and then he dies in his sleep and and comes to the other world uh, where he takes the place of a child who had just gotten struck by lightning. Uh, and oh, so this is also ascendance of a bookworm. I don't, I don't know that. Okay, I don't know what that is. Ascendance of a bookworm has a girl who like just graduated school who wants to become a librarian. She also get, gets, I think, hit by a truck, 
and dies and reborn into another world in the body of a girl who had just died like that moment. Yeah. So, um, and he, the, I guess this is closer to being, um, the assassin one from a couple seasons ago where he gets reborn into an assassin household. Oh. Um, and then learns all the skills there. He gets reborn into a pharmacist um, noble's house. And instead of Duke going with what the nobles typically do, which is only take care of other nobles, he's also taking care of the populace. And he has overpowered uh, magical abilities um, because most people can only create or destroy of one particular element. Um so like water he used to only have positive water powers which means he could create like a water spear or something now he has positive and negative for everything um and so and he can create like with his left hand he can create anything that he knows the chemical structure for and as a pharmacist he knows the chemical structure for quite a few things (laughs) like in Either the first or second episode, he goes through and he's like, oh, yeah, here's a uh, gold, iron, um, <laughs> silicon. Uh, yeah, like, and then he, he destroys them all uh, because I'm pretty sure he's aware that if he just starts creating gold, uh, the economy will cease to exist. Um, I mean, but that's good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but he, he mostly uses that power to be like all right now i'm going to create acetaminophen because this person has a headache or a fever or <laughs> like that sort of thing um and it's it's an interesting story uh, as he grows and um conquers the <laughs> fairly dark ages knowledge of uh medicine i see yeah considering they're they're consulting star charts and oh um, no things like uh there's still no cure today for um chicken pox but uh there's at least things you can salves you can take and and put on things to make it go faster (laughs) so you can get better faster so when his sister gets chicken pox he fixes it see um I would use my magic to just make chicken pox happen across the entire young population, <laughs> thus immunizing all children from the measles. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have the powers to do that. Damn. Um, magic powers to do that. But, yeah, that would be a good plan. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's it's really good. I, I am enjoying it. All right. All right, you pick again. Uh, what do we got left? We have Call the Night and Engage Kiss are both things that we both watched. So I'm interested because I have Call of the Night under my own name because you have Call yeah. of the Night under your name, but it's crossed out. Correct. <laughs> I have watched all of Call of the Night as it as it currently is out. Uh-huh. I think it's three episodes yeah and um uh i stopped being interested in the show after the first episode it did not 
Really? It does it does not seem interesting to me in really any way whatsoever. Huh. Um and so I watched what else was available right now and then I am not going to be watching anymore. Really? Yeah, it's uh, so basically Call of the Night follows uh Ko Yam- Yamori and he or Yamori Ko, I guess to yeah. Japanese pronunciation. Yeah. Um and Ko is a kid in high school middle school middle school sorry who no longer wants to be in middle school no longer knows what he wants to do with his life like most middle schoolers and uh he decides that he doesn't want to go to school anymore and he he hates being awake during most of the time and can't go to sleep so he goes outside and he wanders the night and then eventually he runs into a vampire uh, nanakusa nazana uh, and uh, she sucks his blood and finds it tasty, and uh, he learns from her that he could become a vampire, and then he won't have to go to school or anything, so he tries to do that. But he has to love her first. He has to fall uh, in love and, with her first. Yes, and he doesn't really understand love to begin with, and he also doesn't know what he wants to do in life and is just kind of jumping on the first thing that maybe sounds interesting at all to him right uh it's a terrible idea um and then they just kind of do nothing together while he tries to love her and 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 then eventually he finds out that there's another character who's interested in him asai akira a girl who he was friends with a long time ago, but then he just kind of gave up on life, and uh, yeah. I think this is actually probably going to be the best anime of the season. No. Because... <laughs> it's, it's not. I think this is going places. I think this is this is clearly like a coming of age story and it's not going to be like oh the the goal is to like his goal is to become a vampire but that's not the ultimate goal of this. This is going to teach him that just because you don't fit in like elsewhere doesn't mean you need to like jump off the deep end and become a vampire. Like there are places in society for all different kinds of people. And like you found something where you think you might belong, but on the way you you'll probably learn that you actually should be elsewhere. And I think the, I thought it was an I thought it was an ugly anime that was not pretty at all. Uh, the art wow. style's bad, and I think it's really fucking boring. So I thought the art style was really cool. I liked it. No. Worst anime of the season. Damn. <laughs> Actually, that's not true because uh, probably the worst anime of the season that I watched was uh, Black Summoner. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, another typical isekai where they they hand wave over the, the background of how he died and stuff. Apparently, he died because a god made a mistake. Uh, and then the goddess of... That's just uh, that's just the plot of in another world with my smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so he gets to pick uh, all of his new abilities for his his new uh, incarnation, and uh, he does so by min maxing. 
like really hard lame uh to the point where like one of the things he gives up his ability to remember the last world so that he can have more points to putting things why is it an isekai yeah exactly (laughs) um they they still comment on that a lot though because one of the things that he gets is he asks the goddess of resurrection if he can, if she can be one of his summons which again is the plot of another isekai <laughs> that i don't remember but uh i mean yeah, isn't that really just like just... konosuba light how he takes like aqua yeah. into into the next world with him yeah yeah i mean it's it's reusing a whole bunch of other things and not in any clever or interesting way and right uh, like it was funny when konosuba did it because no protagonist had done that before yeah um now it's just like oh you're copying konosuba but not even that far because she's just a summon yeah at least the dude in konosuba uh, said you have to be with me (laughs) yeah so uh yeah it's then he fights and he's overpowered and lame yeah it's it's really boring we we watched two of the four episodes that are out and then we're like yeah we're not gonna watch any more of this this is not worth it i mean slave harem in another world is probably still worse but yeah no this is the worst (laughs) that i saw yeah (laughs) Okay, we've got one more, and then we can finally be done with anime. Yeah. Engage Kiss. This one's uh, weird. Yeah. This one's so uh, weird. It's This is another one I'm not going to be watching anymore of. I'm going to watch the whole thing. <laughs> there's there's other anime that exist, so I could, you could just forget about this one. Um... Yeah, Engage Kiss takes place in a world where VR exists, doesn't? I don't know. They, like, put on... uh, They use VR to do things, but then also at the same time, they, like, have magic powers in the real world. So why do the VR thing? Oh, Uh, I think the VR thing was just... it's, It's really only used for those meetings. It's just so you can have meetings without gathering everybody to a single space. Okay. Yeah, it's just um, the metaverse. It's oh, cool. Uh, uh, basically, uh, it takes place in our world, except on a island I've never heard of, where it, it doesn't exist. Demons, yeah, demons exist and uh, are fighting against the city, and also there's. Um, like they're okay so the the premise is is this island was set up in order to mine orgonium which is like a a very powerful energy source um but a byproduct of the orgonium seems to be that it summons these demons into the city um yeah and and so the government has to constantly cover up these demons while uh hiring people to fight them and our main character is the established in episode three as the strongest uh demon fighter yeah partially because he has a demon that fights with him no they Um, were saying he was the strongest even before he ran off and came back with that demon girl yeah yeah but still like that that pushes it over it pushes him over the edge yeah yeah 
Uh, then the other thing about him is that he is dirt poor and really bad at everything in life, d- aside from apparently flirting with women and um, fighting demons. Sending mixed so. signals to his ex-girlfriend. Yes. Uh, yeah, that 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 one is definitely the thing he is best at. Yeah, uh, he's he's a he's supposedly the strongest demon hunter, but he's definitely the best in the universe at sending mixed signals to his ex girlfriend. Yes, um, yeah, like it 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 seemed interesting. Uh, I mean, it was definitely a pretty anime. Uh, the art style was good. The the music was good. The fights were okay. The character's really annoying. Um, the main character? <laughs> yeah. How incompetent he is at living life. I like him mostly because he's a protagonist with a personality, and that doesn't happen much anymore. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, I like I like when main characters have a personality, and so yeah. I like him. <laughs> we'll we'll see if uh, next time we talk about it. If you still like it, maybe I'll pick it up again. But I I just don't care right now. Um, I will say that I really like the I really like the concept of him giving up his memories in order to uh, make the demon girl stronger. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, they just haven't set up clear rules on, like, 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 in episode three, he had to give up, like, three months of his memory in order to give her enough strength to fight this thing, and I'm just, like, confused as to, like, like, the rule, like, how much power did that give her or anything, like, because before he only gave, like, a day's worth, maybe, and it was enough to fight a thing. Yeah. So what's the difference between... I don't know. Whatever. Let's move on. Game facts. We're going to talk about Labyrinth, the computer game. Okay. All right. <laughs> I like Labyrinth. The Labyrinth is a good movie. And yeah. I, I, I see the theme now for, for this month. It's a... It, game is based on movies. <laughs> It's it's. I mean, I can do that, but no, there there was no theme. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you you could also say that the the theme is like old adventure games because they've all been those as well. Although I guess, I guess Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy wasn't based on a movie. The movie came after the game did. No, but it's you could still say book. that it's like you know tie-ins. Yeah. Um. To eighties products. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Labyrinth the Computer Game is a 1986 graphic adventure game developed by David Fox and Douglas Adams. Wait. Yep. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> LucasArts and published by Activision for the Apple II, Commodore 64, the Famicom, and a couple other ancient fucking computers. Yep. So we've got this one's a graphic adventure game. It's not just text. Hey, there are pictures. They got Douglas Adams again. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was Infocom who got him the last time. This is LucasArts. But I'm surprised that they got him for a game again. Like anybody. Like he's not known for games. (laughs) He's Uh, he made a few games. He's a novelist. (laughs) You think that? 
uh, editor of season 17 of Doctor Who is a <laughs> author? Yes, <laughs> I do. Also, script editor, not editor. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In Labyrinth the Computer Game, you make your own character who then goes to watch the cult classic film Labyrinth starring David Bowie. <laughs> During the movie, Jareth, played by David Bowie, transports you into the labyrinth in the movie with a 13 real-time hour goal of destroying Jareth or being trapped there forever. That is too long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a labyrinth. Right, but uh, it, does that does that real time count while you're not playing the game too? I don't know. Because answer that for you. You need to eat and go to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> and sleep and work and shit. I don't know if it takes thirteen hours either. It just it's that's the amount of time you have to beat it. Okay. The main mechanics of the game are standard for text adventure games of the time, with you entering verbs and nouns to look wall or get key. But instead of having to remember all the keywords and type them in, it gives you two scrollable word wheels on screen. That's nice. It, it is. That's that's good good design change. Yeah, because when you're when you're having to type things in, there's always the possibility that you like misspell something and. Then you think yeah. that you did it even though it didn't work. And... Yeah. Labyrinth the Computer Game was the first licensed game produced by LucasArts, with all earlier games all being original intellectual properties. The second of which, Rescue on Fractalis, an early first-person shooter, was developed by David Fox. Yeah, this one was actually pretty interesting, because it, you, you, it's a space game you you play as a space pilot and you're going to rescue uh crashed uh pilots but um they didn't put anywhere in the um like directions and stuff the fact that not all of the pilots are human so if you leave your door closed you'll you land near a uh, a crashed spaceship and you see like a little spacesuit wearing guy run out of that and then they'll either run over and tap on the door and you can open it and let him in or they'll run up pull off their helmet and start beating on your uh cockpit what because they're aliens and so there's there's like a three seconds panic every time you go pick up a uh pilot because you don't know if they're an evil alien or not and that's if you're smart enough to not uh, just land with your door open, because if it gets inside... Oh, no. <laughs> so, it, it turned from being this, like... This was something they added halfway through and then chose to not release any information about. So, it, it changes it from a relatively boring first-person shooter, where you just fly around and land and pick things up, to an exciting, action-packed mystery of, like, is this the time you die? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's fun. Good design choice. 
Uh, David Fox, at age 11, made his first cartoon from discarded Flintstone cells he dumpster dove for behind Hanna-Barbera. Wow. I love that. that That was just a throwaway thing on the Wikipedia, and I was like, no, screw that. That's super interesting. That's the coolest want... shit ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make a whole show about that kid. Yeah. Yeah. He then went on to co-found the Marin Computer Center alongside his wife, the world's first public access microcomputer center, before co-founding LucasArts. Now that LucasArts is no more, he solo designs mobile games and does side work for the Democratic Party. I'm guessing the Marin Computer Center is in Marin County. Probably. Okay. But, I mean, it's it's the worst, world's first public access computer, basically. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> David Fox is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Labyrinth the Computer Game is not the only game to come out based on the film. Labyrinth Mao no Mekyu was an action-adventure maze game similar to Gauntlet, released the next year on Famicom, and is a more accurate rendition of the movie. In Labyrinth Mao no Mekyu, you play as Sarah collecting 12 coins from throughout the labyrinth to buy back her baby brother from Jareth. This game also has a time limit, much more severe actually, as if you do not successfully fight through all 13 labyrinth areas within 13 minutes, you lose. What? <coughs> oh, and you know what's what's great? Every time you get hit by an enemy, you lose a couple seconds. No. <laughs> now, there are ways to get more time. But by default, you have 13 minutes to beat the game or you lose. <laughs> a little severe David Bowie's package. <laughs> Going back a bit to the initial game, David Bowie does not actually appear in the game, though his character Jareth does. But that doesn't mean he never appeared in a game. Yes. What? (laughs) Just keep going. Omicron, The Nomad Soul, was a 1999 adventure game developed by Quantic Dream. And published by IDOS Interactive for Windows and Sega Dreamcast. Why are you so upset? Because I know where this is going. I know where this is going. You think (laughs) I don't know about David Cage's crimes? We'll get to there. (laughs) In Omicron, the Nomad Soul, you play as... Okay, cut this shit out. (laughs) what cut the shit out (laughs) okay i've cut it out okay let's let's do this legit none of this mopiness in omicron the nomad soul you play as a ghost who inhabits a police officer's body and then sleeps with his girlfriend while investigating a string of murders. That's the plot of Wonder Woman 84. (laughs) Then you take over a nurse's body for some reason, and eventually you banish some demons or something. Having watched someone play the game, that is basically what happens. Did you see Wonder Woman 1984? No, I didn't even see Wonder Woman. Okay, in Wonder Woman 1984, uh, Steven Tyler comes back he, one of the Chris's you know Chris yeah, Pine yeah um, he yeah. comes 
I just dropped a thing off my desk. But he comes back to life in 1984 in the body of another person, and Wonder Woman sleeps with him. Okay. In the body of that other person. That other person is not dead. He is confirmed to go back into his origi- his body at the end of the movie. So she uh, okay. raped a person? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And this sounds like exactly the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he tells the girlfriend that it's not him, but also, like, how do you... But even really? even if that's true, this is technically a rape on the police officer. Yeah. Because the police officer doesn't get to say whether or not he has sex. Yeah. Oh, now, I, I did forget to put in here... Uh, the next fact should really be that um, David Bowie did the entire soundtrack to this game and actually appears in the game if you go to a specific bar. Um, he David Bowie gets up on stage and plays a song for you. Wow. Um, so David Bowie is in this game. Yep. David Bowie's really stepping down, you know? <laughs> yep. He's, yeah, he really is. He's playing bar shows? Wow. <laughs> 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 this was the first game developed by Studio Quantic Dream, which would later become famous for their deep interactive storytelling, directed by David Cage, like Detroit Become Human, or Heavy Rain, or that one game where he abused Elliot Page. Yep. <laughs> Uh, David Cage is a rather unconventional director, <laughs> read Criminal, and has won several awards for his work in games, including the Legion of Honor, France's highest award. On the flip side, he may be worse than Activision and Ubisoft. That's not true, mostly because Quantic Dream is just a smaller company, so he has less people he can abuse. Mm. We'll see. <laughs> In 2018, he was involved in a lawsuit accusing his studio of fostering a toxic workplace, which it was. Unfortunately, the people with the more money for better lawyers won and Quantic Dream was cleared. To celebrate this, David Cage said, quote, In any case, in my games, all women are whores. Let's just let that sink in a bit. (laughs) Can you imagine saying anything like that in your life? Keep in mind, this is also after the game that he made with Elliot Page while he was still presenting Uh as a woman. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, David Cage is a piece of shit and should die in a hole. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I I wish that was all, but this pile of actual feces just loves to keep the shit train rolling with his next quote from the same time. Pardon our language. Uh, At Quantic Dream, we do not make games for fags. As a fag, um, I will say that he doesn't make games for me, so... Can can you imagine saying that, though? Like... He's a a fucking piece of shit. He's He's a worthless pile of garbage. Uh, he's definitely worth less than Toru Iwatani. And and his games aren't even good. 
No, they're not. Like, they're, <laughs> they're they're weird and not gamey and like barely they're... even games. <laughs> yeah, I I hate them. Yeah, and I hate him so. more. Yep, and that was just the facts. Great, love it. All right, so this week we're doing the media that made us, and uh, by not talking about any media that made us. Correct. Yeah, we're we're talking about other things. Remember, this one um, is called. Uh, hold on, let me let me make it big, bold. Hot shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hot shit works. Yep. That's what, that's what you said it was called last week. Yep. Time for some hot shit. Some hot shit. So I, uh, I will be I will be straight up and honest with you right now, John. Okay. I did not finish one of these movies. <laughs> uh, let me guess. It was the worst of the two. Um, by worst, do you mean in quality or in how engaged it kept me? Uh, in quality. Uh, no. Whoa. You watched Llamageddon all the way through and didn't watch Iron Sky all the way through? Yes. And I'll tell you why right now. Weird. I'll tell you why right now. It's because Llamageddon was so bad I couldn't tear my eyes away. And Iron Sky was too competent. It was, it was boringly competent. It, uh, Iron Iron Sky was a A class movie next to Lamageddon. Right, but in in terms of actual movies, it's like a C minus. I'd say C plus actually. <laughs> uh, it's it's. But like the special right, so. effects, it it would have been better if the special effects were worse. But it was like on par with a pretty good Doctor Who episode. <laughs> Okay, yeah, no, I'll grant you that. It it was like a a very extended Doctor Who episode level of quality. Uh, yeah, modern day Doctor Who. Yeah. Um. So let's do Llama again first. Uh, the show where killer llama from outer space with laser beam eyes crash lands on Earth through the ISS, killing someone. Uh huh. Presumably everyone else on board. Wait, was that the and ISS? Then- I thought it was just a satellite. I thought it was uh, just I mean, an astronaut working on a satellite. Astronauts don't work on satellites. No, but they go up there and fix them sometimes. No. No, they don't. They do in that movies. never once happened. They do in <laughs> movies. never once ever happened. That was absolutely the ISS. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking back to uh, that Sandra Bullock movie, Gravity. And, like, they were up there, not at the ISS, but at, like, some satellite or some shit and just just working on it. Yeah, that is that has never once happened or even been proposed. No, I know that doesn't happen in real life. I'm saying that happens in movies all the time. Astronauts no, just I've... be working on satellites. No, I only, I've only seen astronauts working on the ISS. Okay. Which that the thing in question was 100% the ISS. So we'll assume that the singular astronaut on the ISS work uh, on the outside. <laughs> that's what I said. The as- killing the astronaut and presumably everyone else on board since they split it in half. Uh, and then it crash lands somewhere in the Midwest. 
the the northern Midwest. So right um, off the bat, uh, my biggest complaint with Lombageddon is that it's trying too hard. Oh, see, my biggest complaint was that it exists. <laughs> uh, it's it's bad in every possible way. But it's um, trying to be bad. It wants to be like a Sharknado type thing, right? But, but Sharknado's way too good for this. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, they failed at being Sharknado level. Uh, like so the game or the game the movie frequently switches between uh fully animated and it does this twice real life john said frequently it happens twice (laughs) it's 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 two times too many um (laughs) i read a review that said it should have all been animated and i agree (laughs) i I also agree it would have been better like that um then the rest of the plot line is uh it it randomly kills two elderly people that old midwesterners yeah uh in their farmhouse and And yeah they're supposed to be grandparents but like that's like uh, they're younger than my mom currently is yeah i mean they're younger than my parents but my parents are grandparents and my parents could have been grandparents when i was born i mean like my mom could be a grandparent but like it's not what you think of when you uh, when you think of a grandparent like yeah um and uh so they die and then for no reason whatsoever the grandkids have to stay there while they're getting divorce proceedings done for their parent uh, i don't know reasons don't matter the kids end up there like like and, they were uh, they were just brutally murdered in this house and there's no police tape or anything and the the city's just like oh yeah you can stay the night in this house where your parents were just brutally murdered grandparents but yeah um so then uh we're introduced to the two main characters i guess uh incompetent man uh but basically child who's useless at everything and virgin boy and uh college slut girl you don't need to know their names yeah that's that's it uh so the girl decides to get all of her frat and sorority friends over there to have a giant party and then they all die one of them ways. one of them looks like if shaggy was in oasis yes 100 <laughs> yes like if shaggy from scooby-doo was liam gallagher's brother <laughs> that, that, never before has a description been more apt um, and, and then they all die for various reasons like you know one of them's driving and then the llama lasers her through the face and she dies she doesn't um, even get to the party poor bitch one of them smokes a, uh, a cigar and then hands it off to the llama to smoke because i don't know maybe he's high or something he's just stupid and then the llama eats his fingers and then uh lasers him to death oh no 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 it punches the heart out of him uh-huh. the beating heart which flies across the air into the hands of his ex-girlfriend uh, his, his ex 
Yeah, his just recently ex-girlfriend who then screams before... No, she doesn't even scream because she's... Everyone's incompetent at actually screaming in this one. Uh Uh, And I... uh, (laughs) And telling everyone else what's going on. uh, And then the llama tramples her uh, with some of the worst scenes I've ever seen. So trampling. It's so bad. (laughs) Real quick, I want to talk about I want to talk about two scenes. I want to talk about two scenes. One (laughs) is a scene where scientists are at the spaceship, which is just a van with wings on it. And they have a not a van. Not a van. This is a uh It's like a mini bus trailer. It's an animal trailer. Yeah, it's a, yeah, like, like yeah, the, like the the ones that are pulled behind trucks that have their horses in them. Yes, it is it's an that. animal trailer with, with wings, wings on, on it. it. Um, and they're having a pointless conversation, and and then the, they point into the sky, and they're like, "I think it came from Orion, because it, it fell from the north quadrant." And I'm like, "Y'all know space is big, right?" <laughs> this is big right y'all know that the earth is rotating right and always moving and never in the same spot do y'all know how space works you could you could very easily figure out where it's coming considering you know where iss was you know where it landed you know at what time both of these things happened so you can draw a line but no, they just kind of point up into the sky and do that. Yeah. Uh, also, they just they they're constantly switching mics. And it's real bad in this scene. Or yeah, <laughs> it, like um, in the middle of the scene, suddenly they switch from the boom mic to what is clearly the lapel mics, probably because yeah. of bad wind quality. <laughs> but <laughs> and, like, bad sound quality is throughout the movie. Like, yes. This, this movie is rife with sound issues yes like nobody um, could get the the equalizing right like uh, yeah at all because like sometimes you do have to switch between the mics but it shouldn't be like oh well now they're using a different mic <laughs> yeah. yeah at least like switch scenes yeah like, it was like, it was legit like not even a cut it was in the yeah. middle of a scene while someone was talking yeah um, uh, what's the other one you wanted to point out? Well, I also wanted to say that these scientists never come up again. Um, no. Like, at all. It was entirely no, no. pointless. They leave it open that that exists for Lamageddon 2, which I'm pretty sure does exist because there is a egg laid because these llama oh, right. aliens do hatch from eggs. And the guy uh, picks so- it up and he's like, I've been waiting all my life for th- for something like this. Yeah, and then they disappear, <laughs> which means that somewhere there's a llama alien egg that's going to hatch and kill them all. So, Llamageddon 2. That's all that's there for. Um, yeah. Um, and then the other scene is the one you told me about, John. Okay, <laughs> I also have two to uh, to talk about. One is the, the cherry picker scene, which right. is the same one you want to talk about, where... Uh, they're talking about removing useless virgin's virginity, which does happen, and then he becomes a uh, 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 disgustingly um, macho dude. Also, his hair after. becomes less greasy. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, they're they're discussing how to get rid of his virginity, and uh, the the guy who I think is uh, college girl's ex, um, and who's also basically in charge of the party, and weirdly becomes um, like the third main character. Yes, yeah, he's definitely the third main character. Um, third of five, I'd say. Um, okay, one is the dad who shows up midway through, and yeah. then who's the fifth? The boyfriend, actual. Oh, okay, the dude who turns into yeah. a llama. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, ex, ex-boyfriend says that he's found a girl, that she's a cherry picker, and she doesn't know what that means, and I don't know what that means, because... That's not a term. That's <laughs> not a term people use. Uh, apparently, she's she gets off on... Uh, uh, ending people's virginities. Right. She um, she she pops people's cherries and then sticks around long enough for them to learn how to fuck. Yeah, that's that's um, the explanation that's given. And then what happens is they stop <laughs> the movie for like two yeah, minutes. No, no, no. They're they're like, uh, what was the Kristen? What was the the phrase? Getting instruments in tune. The cherry picker scene. What, what, what was the, uh... Yeah, she stays around until both their instruments are yeah, in tune. Yeah, she stays around until both their instruments are in tune. <laughs> and, and then, immediately, they do this weird, like, music dancing, but, like, the worst dancing you've ever seen. And, and it's only like, the two of them, and it keeps cutting to other people just existing. Yeah, and they come back to them in, like, different uh, angles of camera, and there's no explanation for the music. There's no explanation for the dance or anything. They're just weirdly dancing for a very long time. It felt like at least two minutes. It had to have it been. Was, it, it was at least two minutes. And this I is mean, only a 70-minute movie. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, I don't... Uh, it was it was weird. The other uh, scene I wanted to point out was uh, one of the high dudes goes outside to take a leak. I don't I don't remember. But uh-huh. He goes outside and and he sees the llama and he's scared of the llama. Llama doesn't do anything to him. He's just scared of it. And so he goes back inside and he's all freaked out. And he's um, telling inside. them like, dude, there's a fucking yeah. freaky ass llama out there. Yeah, and then, you know, everyone makes fun of him because uh, he has been smoking so much weed. Um, and so one of the other potheads there is like, oh, don't worry, I'll I'll fix this for you. I'll pack a bowl for you. And then he spikes the lens for at least 15 seconds. So did you notice that that guy also doesn't die on screen? Uh, doesn't he die in the um, hot tub? Oh, did he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he died in the hot tub. No, because I feel like we saw him after that in the uh, when they were all freaking out inside of the house about the llama. Hmm, maybe. I don't know. Like, like Cadence um, was saying that she saw him like run upstairs, and then he's never seen again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't paying attention to that. I thought he died in the hot tub. Uh, but yeah, he. <laughs> He he spikes the lens and Shaggy died in the hot after tub. saying that. Yeah, 
I'll pack a bowl for you. And then just stares at you into your soul for like 12 seconds. And then it goes back to normal. Right. There, there it was, was so weird. There, was, there wasn't a joke there. <laughs> it wasn't like, like uh, I'll pack a bowl for you and then like stare at you so that you get the joke. There was no joke. They could have even just, done a rim shot. Like, come on. Yeah. They they just spiked the lens for forever. <laughs> well, he for mugged into the camera. <laughs> literally no lens, no reason, like, no point to it. Anyways, everyone ends up dying through one way or another. The llama throws a toaster oven into the um, the, the hot, hot tub, tub, and a, a bunch of people die. The hot tub in a room with way too much bottled water. Yeah. Uh, also, if you noticed that the one girl in the hot tub, uh, previously there had been like six or seven girls there. N- no, just there's only one girl in the hot tub. Uh, she does the entire scene with like her head waving back and forth, whereas the others are like splashing in the water and stuff uh, because she doesn't want to get her hair wet as an actress. Also, there's one uh, shot where she's she's supposed to be dying and. She's clearly just, like, playing around in the pool, and they kept yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck uh, is she doing? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, she great actress right there. Um, but yeah, then uh, they all run outside to try and call the cops. Oh my god, this A shit. bunch of people have died, and then they use way too much uh, fake blood. And so people run away and die. I hated this. So the llama lasers two people in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And they're like obliterated. They're just fires on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then for like five minutes, they're spurting blood. <laughs> I'm like, there's yep. no body to even spurt blood from. Yep. Where is it coming from? And also, and also they're across like- the field. Yeah, it's like six people's worth of blood from uh, a half a football field. Half a football field away. And it all ends up squirting directly on the characters in front of the house. Uh, who then except, back inside. except for that guy who I said was the third main character, who has no blood on him ever at any point in the movie. Yeah. I don't remember how he dies. Do you? Um, he, he's oh, one yeah, of the last yeah. three who's alive, and they're running through the woods. Yeah, well, and we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so they ro- all run back inside the house, except for the boyfriend who doesn't, and he gets slimed by the uh, llama, which then starts. He starts transforming into a llama. Uh, then they all escape out the back of the house and are running through the woods, and they leave uh, neo llama behind. Uh, which is both a incredibly harsh choice and also the right thing to do. Oh, and the cherry picker turn- trips and gets blown up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then, uh, then they get to the field where the crashed spaceship is, and no scientists uh, or tape around it anymore. Yeah, and they um, find a baseball bat covered in tin foil. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and then Which, uh, and then suddenly ex-boyfriend, ex-boyfriend uses to like hit uh, a laser the, the laser back at the llama. I mean, it doesn't hit or anything, but like 
Uh, and then he has a uh, Captain Kirk uniform. Yes, on. he's suddenly wearing Captain Kirk's Star Trek uniform. And and then he gives this passionate speech and then gets lasered to death. Uh, and I immediately and then, paused the movie and I was like, why didn't they just put him in the red shirt? Yeah. That would have been then, funny. That would have been like an actual joke if he's suddenly wearing the 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 red shirt from Star Trek and then he gets blown up. Yeah. <laughs> but instead yeah. he's wearing Captain Kirk's shirt and I'm like, oh, so this is the moment he becomes the leader and then he's blown up. And I'm like, that's not a joke, though. Yeah. Uh, so then they keep running and they hide for a bit. And uh, meanwhile, their dad shows up uh, who's been busy... Fucking a girl? Impregnating another girl um, who seemed awfully young. Um, and so he shows up and he has a shotgun and he finds current boyfriend Neo Llama and he kills him and the series of llama eggs that... Oh, oh yeah, there is an Oh my god, there is um, such a... There's an, a- <laughs> there's an animated section where uh llama comes across neo llama and then tentacle fucks him but it's all in animated uh-huh yeah and then the and then there's an extended scene of him birthing llama eggs that was clearly just to like pad out the runtime yeah like and it's also of llama eggs it's also obviously a dude just behind him pushing the eggs through his legs yeah um, so dad comes upon them kills him shoots all the eggs and uh then... the shotgun doesn't sound like a shotgun either no it, it doesn't it, it sounds it like neither... a bb gun yeah it, it's not the right type of sound and it's not anywhere near as loud as a shotgun actually is yeah um so then he encounters the llama and he uh gets beat the fuck up and then the kids run around for a bit, and then finally the dad kills the llama with the uh, harvester. And then the dies. Combine. Yeah, and then dies. And that's the end of the movie. And then yeah. for the credits, they just play the whole movie and fast forward while the yeah. credits roll by. And then yeah. I, I think there can't be a Llamageddon 2, because after the credits end, there's a scene of the scientist from earlier cracking open the llama egg and making breakfast. I uh, well, I I did not see that. Oh yeah, that happens. Okay. Yep. Wow. I I didn't know that. Um. So, like I said, this movie is a bad movie. It's trying to be a bad movie, but it's even failing at trying to be a bad movie, and so it's just bad again. So apparently, there's Llamageddon Part Two. Uh, no cause for a llama. I don't know if it actually exists. I'm sorry, you uh, cut out. But there's at least a album for it, music album. John? Then there's uh, Llamageddon Two: The Alpocalypse. Oh, okay. And then supposedly there's Alpocalypse Two. So I don't know, and I don't want to know because we're never watching any of them. No. Um, the second one was Iron Sky, a weirdly competent movie about. What if the Nazis had escaped and uh, built a base on the dark side of the moon? Yeah, I mean, this is like a real conspiracy theory that exists in the world, that uh, Nazis escaped to the dark side of the moon, and they're up there, like, stealing babies and shit to this day. Um, Yeah. Um, 
I thought that the science of it was very interesting because they they made it so that they doubled down on being in space. So they've got like flying saucers and uh, giant space uh, battleships and stuff. Um, but so their space powers are stronger than ours, pa- space technology. But then the flip side is that uh, they haven't managed to progress at all in any of their other technologies. So their computers like, still take up a whole room while we've got smartphones? Yeah. And like we've got sleek spaceships that fly around and stuff, and they've got space zeppelins uh-huh. as their, their carriers and stuff. And. Uh, I I liked the dichotomy there between like they they managed to get their super battleship working at the very end of it by hooking an iPad into it because uh, the iPad has like a thousand times more storage and processing power than their mega computers. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it drains I, the battery. What? Yeah. At what point did you stop? Half an hour before the end of the movie. So we tried, we, we were watching it right after Lamageddon, and it was so late, and we were tired. I mean, we did the same thing. And we, we were so tired, and then we were like, okay, let, let's just go to bed, and we'll watch it tomorrow. And then we didn't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, uh, eh, we could not. <laughs> We we actually both liked it. Um, it it's it's trashy, um, it, but we thought it was like an actually clever sort of trashy. They put a dude in um, white face, which is pretty funny. It's it's very funny. <laughs> they they albinized him, uh-huh. and then at the end of the film, he finds dealbanizer. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah, that's good. Cause... Uh, yeah. And and he and the the Fraulein get together. I mean, obviously. On the moon. Yeah. Oh, they stay on the moon. Yes. Why? Um. Okay. So the. Uh, I I guess. Give a brief overview of the movie. Yeah. So uh, I, I stopped so the, when uh. So the the current Hitler well, gets I, killed. I, we, we, we have to explain it because that's the show, is we have to explain it. Yeah. Uh, so we we sent another group of people to the moon purely for a re-election campaign and also to try and find a rare Earth gas, helium-3, Okay, pause, pause. Um, the president. Who did yeah. she remind you of? Uh, oh, Sarah Palin? Yes, right? <laughs> it, it's, it looks like Sarah Palin became president. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Sarah Palin as president um, sent the this new group to the moon to be a uh, re-election campaign and also to find uh, neo-oil uh, is basically what it is. Okay. Um, I didn't even catch on to that plot point. I did not. Helium three. Helium three is petroleum, and the moon is the Middle East. The end. Um, and so they find out that there's Nazis on the moon, and everyone dies except for the one black man who gets captured by the Nazis. And the Nazis want to take over the Earth again, and so they send uh, the 
son of Hitler. Uh, the 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 under the Hitler. Next, yes, the <laughs> the next Hitler after the current Hitler. Um, to Earth to get cell phones to uh, power their super battleships so that they can take over the Earth. Meanwhile, uh, he doesn't want to be uh, next Under to Hitler. Hitler. He wants to be current Hitler. Hitler. Um, and so he uses uh, the power of brainwashing uh, to basically take over the U.S. And, and I mean, he didn't have to do much uh, brainwashing. Uh, the Sarah no, Palin's campaign manager has the hots for him, and mm-hmm. so she just helps him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then eventually uh, the Nazis show up, and they're like, yeah, you're bad for you're trying to— You're a traitor. Yeah. Yeah, you're a traitor, so uh, we're going to kill you and take over the earth now. Which, I mean, and he was. He was a traitor. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, Sarah Palin's media manager, um, kills the person who was trying to kill her and then comes back and shoots everyone and, uh, they kill Hitler and, and then Klaus um, ditches her. Yeah. And, and then, and then Neo Hitler's like, ah, you know, screw you. Uh, we're not going to be together anymore. And then fucks Fucks off off to space. Uh, Yeah. And, um, so she's pissed off. And she's like, also, "What the shit?" Uh, his actual girlfriend, um, Fraulein, who's uh, yeah, Fraulein, uh, is, decides that uh, she wasn't actually a Nazi anymore because she met neo Nazis. She she met skinheads. Well, and she also uh, saw more than ten minutes of the Great Dictator. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So See, I uh, thought that part was pretty funny. I was like, yeah, if you if you cut it down but to only 10 minutes, I guess you could see that it was like like pro Hitler, but Yeah. If you but watch the whole thing, see- the great dictator is not in any way pro Hitler. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they she she turns on her nazism and is like, "Nah, screw that. Uh democracy all the way. Woo. Yay America." Uh, and she gets with the the black astronaut who had been captured on the moon, uh, and then turned into... Who's now an uh, albino hobo. Yes. Um, and, uh, they fight back. They take another spaceship to go back to, uh, the moon to try and stop Neo-Hitler. Um, and... Meanwhile, the U.S. Uh, says oh, we'll fight back against all these these baddies by using our spaceship, a space shuttle, which is equipped with nukes in space. And they're like, what? You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to have armored spaceships. Uh, and then turns out everyone else in the U.N. also has armored spaceships. Um, and so they all fight back against all the Nazis and win because they have nukes and stuff. Oh, wait, except Finland. Finland didn't put any guns on their ship. Yes. (laughs) I did watch that far. Okay, so I saw that, and then I saw saw the campaign manager be put in charge of the assault (laughs) for some reason, and she's wearing the most evil villain outfit in the universe. (laughs) Yeah. She looks like she just walked out of a Final Fantasy game as the final boss. 
Oh, 100% she's a Final <laughs> Fantasy character. Um, and she's like, there's nothing like a woman scorned. And she goes after Klaus and they destroy all the fleet and then they go after the, the moon and then they blow up the swastika-shaped building where all Ridiculous. the women and children of the Nazis are killed. My immediate comment are, on that was, that's not, <laughs> that's not practical. <laughs> no, it's not. Um... And then, uh, oh, and apparently they don't all die, which I don't understand. They shoot nukes at it, and it bless holes in the place. So you would think all of them would get sucked into space and just die. Right. But I guess not. Um, and then it doesn't matter because they have a giant spaceship that uh, is uh, really freaking huge. Um, cool. And, and they use it. They're, they... They do the whole thing where, like, oh, shoot the Earth. And they're like, we can't. We're on the far side of the moon. And he's like, shoot the Earth anyways. And they what? blow a hole through the moon. Oh, um, no. So that they can see a uh, direct line on Earth. Well, I mean, they've uh, already accomplished in destroying the Earth then. Because uh, well, that's going to fuck the tides up. Yeah, well, it's not that big a hole. Okay. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um... And, and then they, uh, the black astronaut, um, manages to kill the evil scientist and stop the engines, and Fraulein manages to kill Klaus by stabbing him through the forehead with her stiletto shoes. It, it was what? It was badass. It was really fucking cool. Okay. Um, and so they manage to stop it, and then it, it crashes on the moon, and they escape, fortunately, before it crashes. Um, and uh, then the last major thing of the uh, movie, the last two scenes to talk about are, uh, one, they, the um, uh, media manager looks over and is like, hey, there's these three giant tanks of helium-3 and uh what do we what do we do with it and the u.s is uh the president is like oh those are ours and then the u.n gets into a fight and then uh nuclear war, war breaks out on earth because everyone's fighting over neo petroleum right. and uh the end of the like the the actual credits is zooming away from the earth like slow zoom pan out from earth with just nukes dropping all across mushroom clouds continent. yeah yeah and meanwhile the you know ones in space are shooting each other as well uh and then the second scene is of uh Fraulein and black man in her classroom surrounded by other students who are still sitting there and some of the students are really old now i don't know why maybe they're just random people from throughout the compound are sitting there it might be like everybody who's still alive <laughs> and then they they yeah and they start snogging each other and one of them is like one of the old ladies is like uh did you know that you're kissing a black man and she's like ah looks like we got a lot of work to do and then that's the end of the movie okay uh, i i liked it this was a really good one i would be willing to watch iron sky 2 uh the hollow earth dinosaur movie is that a thing yes <laughs> It is? Yes, it is. It is. 100%. I need to what? <laughs> Iron Sky 2, 2019. Yep. The Coming Race? That's Is that uh, it? 
I don't know. It's it's it takes place in the Hollow Earth and there's dinosaurs and stuff because it's the Hollow Earth and there's always dinosaurs. The plot follows a group of nuclear Holocaust survivors living in an abandoned Nazi base on the far side of the moon. Boarding okay. a yeah. barely functioning spacecraft, they travel to the nucleus of the Hollow Earth in an attempt to recover the Holy Grail from a group of reptilian shapeshifters who are led by Tyrannosaurus riding Adolf Hitler. It is every... They're throwing every conspiracy theory at the wall. Uh, I just hope that the Earth gets uh, blown up from this and becomes flat. Um, that's that's what I want for Iron Sky 3, is for Flat Earth. Produced on a budget of 17 million euros, The Coming Race is the most expensive Finnish live-action picture ever made. Oh, oh it's Finnish! It is Finnish. Yes! Oh, that's perfect! Well, oh, I, I think it, I think it's finished in in tandem with like, like a large portion of like Germans uh, Germany's entertainment industry because okay, yeah. you you can't actually do uh, swastikas and shit in Germany. Yeah, it's against the law mm-hmm. for what should be obvious reasons. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well. I think next time, if we do this, we'll only do one movie, because that was a lot. Yes. Um, what do we want to do next week? It's not... Oh, next week might be another light novel week. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be. God, I don't want to read it, though. I think it should be. Yeah. Alright, so we'll be doing a light novel next week, and we'll be playing a game. The mutual mobile game that we're going to be playing is Hashtag Me. Okay, what's the uh, light novel so people know? Oh, uh, the, um, instead of becoming the hero, I've reincarnated as a billionaire. Two. Great. Love it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't love it. Yep. But. We'll see you next time. Oh, hey, share this with, uh, someone who has a giant package like David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, actually, though, we want those people here. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Join the club. (laughs) Uh, All right. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.